Hello, hello. One second while we add James. All right. Hello, hello, and welcome to She Is Talking. This is the second episode of a live series that will be saved on IGTV. There you can find a new episode every week. There will be guests and we'll be discussing topics such as confidence, self-love journeys, and how to become the best version of yourself because you got it. You have everything you need inside of you to succeed. Go get it. You are in control of your life. Go after your dreams. It is time to shake your beauty. All right, and this week's episode, we'll be talking with James Boria. James is a former collegiate baseball player for Franklin Pierce University. He has a passion for fitness, mindset, and pushing his limits for success. And if you follow him at all on Instagram, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He is a functional strength coach and is working on getting certified in mindset and nutrition, which will go perfectly hand in hand. James also has a newsletter called Insightful Pursuit that is delivered twice a week straight to your email. And I highly recommend signing up for this. I have signed up for it myself and I read it um, while I'm drinking my coffee. So I highly recommend it. So hi, James. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your story. Um, sure. Yeah, I think you uh, pretty much covered it. Um, so I'm from Long Island. I'm a uh, functional strength coach by trade. That's what I do during the day. Um, I work with a wide variety of athletes, high school, college, pro guys. Um, pretty much injury prevention, um, top tier performance on the field. But personally, I'm a big mindset guy. Um, I'm sure you can tell from my newsletter. Um, that's really what I focus on, even through fitness with my clients and everybody that I work with. It's really mindset. So that's really what I'm passionate about, um, just pushing myself past my limits um, and trying to push others past their limits as well. It's really what I focus on. Yeah, and I think by you showing the limits that you're pushing yourself, it inspires other people and that it kind of gives you that credibility. Like, hey, I did this. You can do it too. Right. That's a big thing that I focus on. And um, a lot of the things that I'm doing now are kind of to go down that avenue um, through my newsletter and um, through my, um, my work at the gym. I wouldn't really ask someone to do something that I wouldn't do. Um, that's and that's kind of what I take pride in. Um, and that's why I do the things that I do and push myself so hard is because I want people to understand that if I'm asking you to do something or if, you're, if I'm advising you on something, it's something that I believe in, I truly believe in that I would do. Um, so that's kind of why, <clears throat> you know, I'm sure you see from my Instagram, I'm always scheduling this, that, doing this, and, you know, everything else just so people know that it's the real deal. When I, when I, when I ask it, it's, I would do it. Right. So today we're going to talk about three pillars. We have motivation, commitment, and perspective. So the first, as I said, is motivation. Let's get right into it. You mentioned a book in your latest uh, newsletter. Can you give us a little bit about it, about the motivational myth? What is this myth that you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the last book that I, I just recently read. And um, it was an interesting one, even for me. Um, but the main thing that it kind of points out is that obviously from the title, it's motivation is a myth. It's not really what we think it is. And I think a lot of people think differently about motivation. And now that I've read this book, I kind of have a new perspective on it. And um, it really resonated with me and I didn't even realize, but the whole concept is that motivation comes from action um, and it's not the reverse. Motivation is a result, right? So instead of getting that initial spark is what they call it. 
um, and going out and doing what you wish to do, it's actually the opposite. By understanding what you wish to do, going out and doing it, that's how you gain motivation. It's through small wins by taking action instead of waiting for that spark, going and finding that spark within the action that you take, and then it, motivation will follow after that. Right. All right. Yeah, and I think a little bit in to motivation, I'm sure that you incorporate this into your own routine. Um, I talk a lot about it on my page, the importance of self-talk. Like those little wins, is they're important to celebrate for yourself. I read an article on New York Times that uh, social behavioral science research, the effects of both motivational and instructional self-talk, and they did a study on basketball players that the players themselves passed the ball faster when they motivated themselves through saying the task out loud. And they also um, shown that there is less anxiety when you use that third person um, internal narrative. And I'm sure that you use some of that yourself. So can you talk a little bit about how you um, incorporate self-talk? Because I'm sure with all these things that you're incorporating into your routine, it's very hard and very stressful. And how do you keep yourself motivated? Um, that's a good question. Uh, a lot of the times I'm not really motivated. And I think that's what you kind of don't see from, um, you know, people, you follow fitness people on Instagram or anything like that. You don't really see that side of them that isn't motivated. You kind of see them doing it and look motivated. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, you don't see me, you know, I get up, I get up very early in the morning, but you don't see me for 30 minutes dragging my feet. And I'm like, I, I don't want to do this, but I do it. And pretty much off the fact that I know that after I'm done with it, I'm just a better person after and the rest of my day is made. Um, so that's what really keeps me motivated. Um, and you mentioned that, that third person self-talk. I do it all the time in the middle of my workouts where I'll, the training I'm doing right now is pretty, pretty intense and it gets really tough mentally. And I'll say it out loud. I'm like, come on, Jim. Like you just, 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 you got to keep going, just go and you'll be good. And I say it really it, does help. It does. And it, it kind of makes it feel like it's not you. You kind of detach from it. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to fitness, a lot of people get discouraged. And I think that third person can help because it's, you feel like you're kind of directing somebody, right? You're not really, you're in it, but you're not really in it, if that right. makes sense. Mm -hmm. So when I refer to myself in the third person, I'm kind of thinking of who I want to be, right? Mm -hmm. If I was, if I was looking at someone in this scenario, what would I want them to do, right? I would want Jim to keep going. And that's how I think about it. And that's what really kind of drives me through my workouts or anything really. It's I reading. love that. I read that your brain can't distinguish between imaginary and reality. So if you're telling yourself like, hey, Mads, keep going. Mads, you got this. If somebody else is saying that to you, like if I'm saying that to you while you're working out, you're going to start believing it. Oh, like, she thinks I got this. I got this. That's the same thing in your brain. If you keep telling yourself like, Matt, you got this, like your brain cannot distinguish between whether it's somebody else saying it to you or if it's yourself. And so you end up believing it. Yeah, it's true. And that's why we're so much more capable than we believe because if your brain can actually comprehend that, right. And it interprets things differently. There's so many different avenues that you can go down to just keep pushing past your limits. Right. So if we thought we reached our limit in one avenue there's a totally different one and mm -hmm. your brain can really start to believe these things like you mentioned and it's really it's really kind of cool yeah and i think that translates right into the next part about routine 
tell us a little bit about your routine. I've seen you posting about it on your Instagram and it is <laughs> intense, man. So tell us a little bit about it. Um, it's taken a little while to develop. I mean, I've kind of been pounding this in for the past, like, I would say eight months. Um, now it's kind of just become habit. Um, but routine has been really important to me because I was someone who understands what it was to live like without routine and without routine in my life, everything just falls apart. Um, and I don't really get the things I need to do done. So pretty much day in my life now is, um, I'm big into obviously functional strength, which I'm big into recovery and optimal performance. So, um, I try and go to bed and wake up at the same time every day, regardless of the day it is. So usually it's between five 15 to five 30. I've been working a little earlier now, so I'll get up around four 45 just to give myself some more time to train or whatever I choose to do that day. Um, first thing after that, after I wake up is I'll either journal. Um, I'm working with a coach right now. So it's my routine has been a little off. He has me doing a journal uh, other than my own. So I'll fill that out. And then I block out about an hour and a half to an hour to um, either write my newsletter um, or I'll listen to a podcast and I'll read um, that. That's, first thing in the morning and I drink my reds and my greens. I drink the, the mix, the powders um, <laughs> that doesn't change every day. Now, after that, it depends on if I got my workout in the morning or if I felt that I want to write later in the day, that can all vary. Um, I'll set my schedule on Sunday night. Um, I go through the whole week. I use Google calendar and I'll do every single day. Um, I plan out work, obviously everything that I have to do in the morning and then the times between I'll just fill it out what I would like to do. And at this point now, it's become such a habit where I know I, I'm, I know I'm going to get things done. So if I kind of stray from one thing, um, I'll just move things around. But um, mm -hmm. for the first little bit of my routine, it was kind of non-negotiable. It was just when I when I write it down, it's going to get done. And mm -hmm. I don't care how it gets done or if I get anything done. But I don't care if I read one page or a hundred. I'm going to read for an hour. I, yeah, I think we all get caught up in this idea that in order to stick to a routine, it has to be perfect. That idea of perfection. And in reality, it's consistency over perfection. A social uh, personality psychologist at Oakland University says that he defines self-esteem as an individual's subjective evaluation of his or her person. And through their research, there's compelling evidence that the rank order stability of self-esteem parallels the stability of basic personality traits, both in terms of degree of stability and way of stability fluctuates through lifespan. And when self-esteem has become overly contingent on external factors, it can fluctuate dramatically and lead to a host of maladaptive psychological consequences. So basically, for anyone listening, that's a lot of words. But basically <laughs> what they're saying is that your self-esteem is based on stability. So if you can stick to a consistent routine, that consistency over perfection in turn relates to stability. And the more stability that you incorporate, the higher your self-esteem is going to be. And that's going to help you with the motivation factor and right. so on and so forth. Yeah, it all goes hand in hand. I, I really do believe that. Um, and the way that I think about it is, <clears throat> and what I struggled with in the past was, I always thought there was a quick fix. And I think we all fall into that. Um, and if we do, if we do this for X amount of time, we'll be this. Um, and I was able to step away from that and kind of look at my life and be like, okay, I have my goals. I have to do, put things in my day to accomplish my goals, right? And 
it's a it's a marathon not a sprint right mm-hmm. and the biggest thing that i try and tell myself is you're gonna miss and at a certain point and if you do anything for a long amount of time life's gonna get in the way even if you even if you stick to your routine 100 percent, say you're perfect at some point life is gonna get in the way you have family whether you have a significant other things like that stuff happens just the biggest rule is don't miss twice. That's my thing. Hmm. One thing, say, say now, I'll try and give you an example. I'll write my newsletter. I'll, I'll go to write my newsletter, right? And I always plan it. I always plan it early because stuff happens, right? Right. I have a client change of time or something like that. And say I plan to write it Tuesday night. And I send them out uh, Monday morning and Friday morning. Mm-hmm. I'll always plan it out early just in case. So then I don't have to feel guilty about it. Now I know I have, I still have three days and worst case scenario, if I have to write it Friday morning, it might be a little rushed. It might not be the best, but I'm still getting something out. Mm-hmm. So it's just about showing up and minimizing those gaps between the holes in your routine. And it's just, that's how you stay consistent. You're never going to be perfect. Like you, like you said, right. Just trying to get something out there and honestly just showing up for yourself. Like you said, that is the most important part. And I think that goes into our next part about commitment. How do you stay committed to this? And what is your goal? Um, I have a lot of goals, uh, a lot of different areas. Um, My big thing to staying committed is, and it's become easier now that I have external factors um, with like say my newsletter, if I don't, if I don't stay committed to my newsletter, I'm not letting myself down. I'm also letting the 90 people that get it down, right? Those people are not going to get that letter in their, in their email. And it comes to the same thing with reading. Now, if I don't read and I don't gain new insight, or if I don't, if I don't write say once a day or something like that, now other people are suffering, which it holds me accountable, which is nice. But personally for myself, it's just, I've built the momentum long enough now where I understand that I have to stay committed because I have a vision of who I want to be and I'm not there yet. And that, and to me, that's enough. Mm-hmm. And as long as I keep asking myself the right questions every morning and understand not where I need to be, I think I'll stay committed as long as possible. Um, and I think we always kind of have to be, it's funny because I, I talk about this with my coach a lot because it's something I struggle with and, as you work towards stuff and the goals that I'm working towards are pretty, pretty big. Um, what if, you know, it's, it's, you always have to chase something, right? So th- it might be a possibility that if I, I get to that point, right. And it's not enough, right. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to be chasing something, but I think as tough as that is, it's also a good thing because you're always moving in the right direction and you're right. always moving. Um, and if you can there's no end goal, it's all, a, there's no destination. It is all a journey. Right. And I think that's the, that's the best part is cause we're all going through it and we're all trying to get somewhere. And mm-hmm. even if we get to where we want to go, there's always going to be more. And it's just, that's why I love the mental aspect of things. It's just like, if you can truly be okay with that and truly understand that you're going to grow and you're going to never stop growing. It's just, it becomes a game and, and it becomes fun. Yeah, and you talk about how your newsletter keeps you accountable. Uh, I found a study by a psychology professor at Michigan State University that says that it is so important to write down your goals and to 
tell a supportive friend so that they can keep you accountable. They did a study that 76% of participants who wrote down their goals and actions provided weekly progress to a friend successfully achieved their goals. This result is 33% higher than those that participated with unwritten goals with a success rate of only 43% of their goals achieved. So it's so important to have those people around you that are supporting you and have that environment so that you can keep yourself accountable and also having those goals written down and knowing what you want to work towards. And maybe they might not stay the same, but working on something else, like you said, it's forever changing. Maybe you get to that point and there's something even greater. So you're going to find that new goal and you're going to work towards that. I think that, I think that's the best possible outcome is you get there and there's more. Mm -hmm. um, I really don't want to reach the end. Um, meaning that I don't want to achieve a goal and I don't want that to be it. Um, and there's a lot of different interesting things that I wrote about and <clears throat> with the Olympics and, and like achieving gold medals and things like that. There's a lot of consequences that come along with achieving big goals. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like if there's nothing after, it's probably not a good thing, right? There should be something after you, we should always be working towards something. Um, and I think that's what, I think that's the best way to stay committed. Just always have a bigger goal in mind. Right. And, and talking about commitment, I saw earlier this year that you did 48 hours. It was 48 hour or 48 miles and 48 hours, correct? Uh, yeah, it was four miles. I, I would run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. So two days straight. Yeah. All right. So can you tell us a little bit about that? What was that like? It was intense. It was, it was cool. I did it. Uh, I can't remember when I did it. I think it was March. Um, so when we were up in, in school at New, Ham in New Hampshire, mm -hmm. and it was just freezing. I did a lot of it on the treadmill, which was really monotonous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but it was cool. It was just, it was a good, it was a good kickoff to what I'm doing now and kind mm -hmm. of finding my limit mentally. Um, and that's what it was really all about. So it's that challenge originated from a guy named David Goggins, who's one of my, a huge inspiration of mine. And he goes down the same avenue. It's all mental toughness. And he has a rule like different rules, like the 40% rule where when you feel like you can't, you can't go anymore, you're actually only 40% done. Uh, so our minds tell us to stop way before our body's done. And that I kind of wanted to figure that out. And he, he put out that challenge. And I was like, what if I could do that? Like, you know, what if I could just stick it out and see if I can do it? And I just, that was a big enough driving force for me. And it was, it was, it was great. And it was, you it were running in the middle of the night, right? Yeah. So the way I set it up was I did it. I ended up doing it earlier because it's, um, it's a big charitable event. Uh, and I did it about two to three weeks early. Um, because of baseball season. I didn't want to do it in the middle of baseball season. I didn't know how my body would react. Um, That's fair. And you have games and whatnot. Before that, only, I only ran about like eight miles. Maybe I ran like four miles, like twice. Uh, <laughs> so I did it early. And it was – so the way I set it up was I think my run times were – they were the same for the two days. It was 10, 2, 6, 10, and then 2 – uh, two in the morning. Um, yeah. So that was the, that was the toughest part was sleep. Um, cause you can't really sleep. And I tried to strategize in a way where I only slept and woke up once. Um, cause I didn't want to go to bed after my 10 o'clock run and wake up at two to run and then go back to bed. So I stayed up till two 
Um, and it's funny because one of my buddies, he was going to do it with me and he, he didn't end up staying up. So I had to go do it on my own. But there was a little, um, a little patch of grass outside my apartment complex. And it mm -hmm. could have been more than like 100 feet around. And I ran that for four miles. I wasn't trying to go on the street. So I ran around this patch of grass for four miles. Um, and oh, then I my God. Yeah, it was, the sleep was tough. Waking up was really tough. But it's crazy because I truly was able to understand what your body's capable of when I only felt good when I was running. When I would stop and sit down, my legs were shot. And I could barely walk. And I wouldn't warm up. I couldn't do any extra movement that I was doing. But I would just go out and run. And as I would get five minutes into my run, I was fine. My body felt great. And you then I would stop. hear about that runner's high. Yeah. When you hit like a certain mileage, you hit that high. And no one ever believes it. I did. I was training for a half marathon over quarantine. And it is true about that runner's high. But I don't know if I could do it for four miles or whatever <laughs> yeah no that's why it's put out there it's just the consistency of it it's not really that you know four miles is to someone who runs isn't very long mm -hmm. um and there's no there's no time it's, you could have ran four miles in three hours if, if that's how long it took you and there's there's people that did it that walked and um all sorts of things like that but it's Again, just it's the consistency it, over perfection at that point yeah, it's just, it's just, it's about showing up. And that's, that's really what I loved about it is it's just no skill. It's just mental toughness and you just show up and get it done. It and fun. you said you're preparing for something bigger. And I've been seeing a lot on your page about this bear crawl. Everyone that sees this says it's absolutely insane. So you want to tell us what that's all about? Um, yeah, so I guess we'll, uh, I guess we'll backtrack a little. So, um, I just talked about David Goggins and obviously I have, um, we all need people that we look to, to kind of push us to be, um, to be better. So I would say about six months ago or no, I would say about five months ago, maybe, um, I found, I came across this, across this guy's page, Devin LeVake, and he's just an absolute savage dude. Um, and he bear called a marathon. Um, so at the time when I, when I, found that out i was like that's just that's just crazy like what right. and you know as time built on i started doing the four by four by 48 and i have this thing in my room it's over my right shoulder right here you can see it right there but um i called it my vision board now it's my action board whatever i put up there ha has to happen regardless as soon oh as it, i love that no if ands or buts it just eliminates the decision you just I, i'll print it out put it up there once it touch once it's stapled up there and it's hanging i don't touch it it's it's got to happen mm-hmm so I put the four by four by 48 up there and that was the first thing I put up there. So I was like, I have to get it done. If I just, if I don't do the first thing I put up there, this whole board just means nothing. <laughs> um, so I was talking about it with my buddy and um, we were listening to a podcast in the car one day uh, where he was talking about the, the crawl. And he goes, he said something along the lines of someone's going to break it someone's going to break like my record and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be excited to be able to cheer someone across like the finish line after they break it. And I was sitting there and I'm like, what if, what if I could break it? Like, what if I could do it? Right. And as crazy as it sounds and as, as naive as it might be, I'm going to do this thing. Right. And my buddy was like, you should do 26.3 miles, like do a 10th of a mile more than a marathon. And I was like, you're right. Like I, sh I should do that. Like, what if I can do that? Right. 
break the record. Now I decided I'm going to go for time after, after I've been training. And it's just, it's, I think it's just the right way to do it. Um, instead of going a 10th of a mile more and taking longer time, uh, try and beat the amount of time it took him, which is 20 hours and 48 minutes. Um, oh so anywhere under that, um, I'm looking to do it next fall at some point. Um, I would like to do the New York city marathon. This is all, I'm just training for it now. I still have a long way to go logistics as to, um, you know, how we're going to make it official and the, and the actual course that I'm going to do. Cause it's funny. People ask me all the time. They're like, how are you going to, are you going to be in the back? Or are you going to be in the front? Like of all the people. And I'm like, I don't even know if I could do it at the same, like on the same day, really. Like, right. Everyone, Max probably takes someone eight hours to finish a marathon, you know, if, if they're like <laughs> cruising. So I'm going to be, I'll be way behind that. I don't think anyone's going to wait for me, but uh, I'm excited. It's just, I really don't know how I fell into it. Um, it's just, I think too often, and it's, this comes with what I preach in my newsletter and everything. I think too often we kind of see something and we limit ourselves. And uh, I'm just really happy. I <clears throat> look at that and kind of get intimidated. Um, I kind of looked at it from a perspective of like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make sure everybody knows that like, this type of shit's possible and yeah i'm, I'm gonna live that, that second and be like that's gonna be me i'm doing it you know what that's my goal right and um i wasn't gonna let it be too big for me and i'm still not and i'm, I'm working for it you know every day um so yeah it's been tough uh what is your uh mile time at right now um about 30 34 30 34 to 37 minutes um, which is pretty quick. That's what he averaged. Um, but it's all going to be, it's going to be really mental. Um, yeah, it's pretty tedious. Yeah. Even it's, doing that up a lacrosse field is terrible. <laughs> yeah, usually I wake up early and I'll go to the football field um, and I'll do about five laps around the outside as a mile on the turf. So I just, I graduated from the turf uh, last week and I decided to go on concrete. Is that much harder? Um, on the hands. Um, and that's been the weird thing is kind of like, I don't know if you, you can probably see, but I'm like developing like a fifth, like where bears would have their fifth paw almost, <laughs> um, or their claw, whatever. <laughs> but, yeah. My body's been really holding up. Well, um, I've only done two miles so far. That's my max. Um, so I'm got to ramp up for 26.2. Uh, so right. I'm doing kind of just going to test my limits, see how, how I respond. Uh, how my body responds. So I'm going to go up. I'm going to do, I do about a mile every day. Um, I've been doing that for the past like three weeks, um, added some resistance, some weights. And then now every Sunday or Saturday, sorry, I'll do a long crawl. So I'll do uh, anything above two, uh, one mile. So I'll do, I did two miles last weekend. Now I'm going to do three miles this weekend and I'm just going to keep going up a mile until my body tells me otherwise. And I'll stay at that distance and, and try and get stronger also my thing and hopefully be somewhere around, 10 miles by October, November-ish, and then take from there and see what happens. Wow, that's incredible. And I'm sure some of this motivation and commitment to all of this and pushing your limits and pushing your mentality that has to come from college athletics. So and for those that don't know, James and I both go to Franklin Pierce University, so and we both play uh, sports there. So. How did you stay motivated through baseball and how did you stay committed and how did any of this translate? Um, yeah, it definitely plays a part. And I think 
what I, I graduated, so I'm done with sports. Retired, baseball done, closed up. <laughs> but um, I think what a lot of people, a lot of athletes can struggle with after they leave college is, um, right, that's your identity for a long time. As you're an athlete, that's who you are. Um, and I didn't lose that. And I think I took that for granted because a lot of people, like the last game we ever, we lost and we were, everyone was crying right. and I wasn't. And I was just, everyone was giving me hugs and crying. I'm like, why am I not crying? I was saying it out loud. I'm like, why am I not crying? Like I should be crying. And I think part of it was that wasn't, that wasn't just me on the field, right? That's who I was. That my identity as an athlete, I'm still an athlete now. And it's easier because I'm putting that into my training and I'm doing this crazy thing. But like, whatever you show up to, that's who you are, right? And you can't forget that. You're an athlete. Um, and athletes, they show up when, when it sucks. They find a way to stay committed. Um, they, they do what they have to do and they're, and they're leaders, right? And we have a, a leg up in life after we graduate and leave because we've experienced the discipline that it takes and the structure that it takes to be good at what you do. And you can implement that into everything that you do. And I, I think it's important that people don't lose that identity um, when they're done sports and whatever they do, if you're going to be out of anything, you're going to be the best, whatever, because you are an athlete. And I think, I that's, think that's a really interesting mindset in that you're taking that discipline and that motivation from athletics waking up to those early morning practices and changing that into whatever else you're going to do whether it's grad school and getting up early to go study for that next test and taking that athletic mindset and moving that into just a different avenue but you're still an athlete you're you have that forever athlete mindset yeah you're, you're a forever athlete mm -hmm. Way to love it. that and you talk a lot on your page that the only hell that you're afraid of, or the, this is the quote, the only hell I'm afraid of is when I die, the man ends up, the man that I end up meets the man I could have been. I think that is a great quote and it's so inspiring. And I think that goes into our next topic about perspective. What inspired you to get to this point? What inspired you to really sit down and be disciplined to that routine and you talked about how you listened to that podcast and decided, hey, this is my next goal. But what is that deeper inspiration? So the first time I heard that quote was, um, and this is going to backtrack a while. Well, that was for, it was from David Goggins. Um, and I've heard the quote multiple times through people that I look up to now. But uh, the first time I heard that quote was through David Goggins. And it was really like a throw punch. Like I was just not at a good point in my life. And I always, I've always known I've been capable of so much more, but there was a point in life where I kind of got away from it in college where I was, I was very motivated early on in high school, I was motivated to get a scholarship. And I kind of achieved, once I achieved that through college, and I think really the worst thing that happened to me was, I don't want to say the worst thing that happened to me, but I playing at like my sophomore year, like so early, I was, eight, I was 18 years old. And I got, I became comfortable and I kind of just got into the party thing and I just loved it. And I just kind of fell out of touch with baseball and um, yeah, I just lost it. And at the time I heard that quote, I was just, I just wasn't who I wanted to be. I always identified as an athlete and I just didn't feel, I just didn't feel like it. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I heard that quote and the way he related it was, um, so a little background on him. He's, he's a Navy SEAL. He's like the first person to go through like three uh, Navy SEAL hell weeks, like, which is like the toughest portion of training, like any military. Um, he's done all these crazy things. He runs ultra marathons, like 200 miles at a time. And he made the analogy and he was like, so say you die and you get in, right. And, and you know, you get in and there's God has a projector and um, or who, who, whatever you believe he has a projector. And it says, you know, Navy been through three Navy SEAL hell weeks, you know, changed millions of lives, done all these things. And, and he says, no, like that's, you got the wrong guy. Like that's not me. And, and he's, and God says, no, that, well, that, that's who you could have been. And that really hit me. And I was like, all right, some, some shit needs to change. Mm -hmm. And I think hearing that was the biggest driver in this bear crawl, because even if I fail and even if it goes terribly wrong, what if I could have that check mark on that box when I die and that's who I am. And I just can't, I can't leave that up to chance. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go get it. Mm -hmm. And that's what anything else. And I'm sure it'll be something after that. And after the next thing, it'll be something after that. I don't know what it is yet, but it'll always be something. And I'm just going to try and build like uh, Jesse Itzler calls it. I don't know if you know Jesse Itzler, but um, he, he calls it building your life's resume. Um, mm -hmm. Pretty much what I'm trying to do is just, when I die, I can look at it and be who I was supposed to be. Not, you know, that's what I could have been. I love that. And a lot of this is mindset. And you talked a lot about that on your page. And I also talked a lot about it on mine. I was doing some research and I found a assistant professor of psychology at Stanford in the mind and body lab said, our minds aren't passive observers simply perceiving reality as it is our minds actually change reality. Sanford researchers related to the placebo effect and everyone's heard of the placebo effect and they did a few studies and one of them was they told their subjects that the coffee that they were drinking was caffeinated and that actually raised their blood pressure when there was no caffeine in it because your body can't distinguish between reality and imaginary. And in regard to pain, a clinical professor of anesthesiology, preoperative and pain medicine said that those that change their mindset to be more positive, spend less time in the hospitals and are less, more, less likely to have take pain medication. So it's all about your mindset. How do you channel that? How are you thinking about life? Because you create your own reality. Anything you believe is real. Like if you think that coffee has caffeine in it, your body's going to think it has caffeine in it. It right. goes for everything. So how do you channel that mindset? Um, I think first we have to learn. Um, I read like crazy. Um, and it wasn't always like that. But um, I kind of I made it cool in the sense that, and I read this one book, and it kind of changed the way I think about reading and, and mindset altogether. And um, you can kind of figure things out alone, but a lot of things you're going to learn from other people. Uh, in the book that I was reading, I think it was how to win friends and influence people, but it was a quote by, it, it was a quote by somebody and it said, reading is like having a conversation with the greatest minds who've ever lived. Um, and the most successful people who've ever lived. So that's the way I look at reading and, and I gain so much insight and so much perspective from reading because it's tough when you fall into a way of thinking to get out of it because that's the way that you think, right? And unless you kind of hear something or reflect or self-talk or, or read something, 
it's almost impossible to get out of that unless you can really understand why you think the way that you think. Um, so I think that's something that I do well is I'll not only catch myself in the middle of like negative thoughts, but I'll try and understand, all right, where is this coming from? Mm, understanding uh, that root cause. Yeah, where is this coming from? Why do I, why do, why am I thinking like this? And do I want to think like this, you know? Um, I think a lot of it comes down to is just constantly checking who you want to be. Um, and if your thoughts, actions, and everything don't align, you have, it's on you. You have every, you have every right, you're in full control of just do what you want to do and be who you want to be. Um, but reading for me is the biggest thing. It's when I'm not feeling right, like, like on Sunday, I picked up a book and lately I've been trying to catch the social media thing that we talked about uh, this the other day. I read a book called The Third Door and I posted, I said, this was the best book I've ever read. Simply because I was in such a feeling where, you know, I go through social media now and I, try, I'm, I have a, an assignment this week to try and connect certain people through Instagram, right? Where, whether it's people that I, that I admire what they're doing or just trying to connect with them, but like what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I have these thoughts all the time. We're like, am I cut out for this shit? Like, I don't know, man. Like, am I even re like, I know, like I get nice messages from people all the time about my and stuff but it's still hard to combat those thoughts where it's like am i really making it like, am i making an impact like and you know you know that you are but sometimes you still fall into that i read yeah book. sometimes it feels like you're talking to a wall i totally get yeah that. and it's the, and i was talking to my coach about this last night and i was just like does that does that ever go away and it doesn't it's just you just learn how to deal with it and that's where i kind of i was just like you know what i'm just gonna read today i just it wasn't feeling it so i picked up that book and that it just hit the soul like no other like the words were like it was what i needed to read like god put that book in front of me for a reason and i read the whole i read 280 pages in one day just straight through didn't look up nothing didn't talk to anybody just read and it changed the way i think and like as it relates to the connecting portion it's just the book's called the third door but it speaks to success on three levels there's always three ways there's the main way which is the he explains success is like a nightclub where the the there's the main where 90 percent of people try and get in they'll wait in line there they'll wait their whole lives there's a side door where the if you what he calls it born into it so money and all these types of things and then there's always a third door and the third door is for like the dreamers and the chasers where you either you, you can bang on the door 12 times you can sneak through the window there's there's always a way and that's kind of the way i thought about it I was like all right maybe and i think about this with my thinking right like all right i'm not getting what i need to be done maybe it's not it's been done before right what, what we're trying to do has been done before maybe we're just not doing it in the most effective way maybe there's a different door mm -hmm. and it kind of inspired me to just be like okay i kind of got to look at this from a different perspective and as it relates to back to what we were talking there's always a different perspective. And if you don't, and if something doesn't seem right to you and it's not looking right to you in your own mind, it's cool to check yourself and be like, all right, why am I thinking about this? And how can I think about this differently? And if you want to pick up a book, even Google, like quotes, quotes are my absolute favorite thing. I love quotes because it's just like, it's short, it's sweet. And that's where I put my newsletter. I go every, off of quotes, two, at least two quotes a week. I mean, a, a newsletter. Because it's just, 
it's been like you're not it helps you relate a little bit right like, you feel that somebody else is also going through that tough time and they're like well this is how i came through and it right. helps you with that different perspective it changes that mindset and it gives you that third door basically right right yep i love that well i think this next part we should open up for questions i know we have one in here um who is your role model james I think you said it, David Goggins. But. Yeah, it's David Goggins. Um, right now, it's got to be Devin LeVink. You, you got to go, like, if anyone's into fitness and, um, you know, that, like, he's got some stuff on his page with the bear crawl. Right now, it's him. I mean, he's just, what he did was incredible. And, like, that's kind of, he's my role model now in the sense that he displays his life on social media really, really well. Um, and that's kind of my avenue now. That's what I want to do eventually, you know, full time. Um, so him, but I have a lot, uh, David Goggins. Um, my coach was actually one of my role models, uh, Joe Rinaldi. I mentioned him in my newsletter. I post this stuff all the time. Um, he's a really good guy. He's, he's good for insight and newsletter. And uh, that, that, that goes back to another thing. Um, perspective. Bounce stuff off of people, right? Just, mm -hmm. I'm thinking this way. What do you think? And my friends check me all the time. And I'm like, that's so, you're, you're right. Like, if you can eliminate ego, your perspective becomes your friend because it's not the, what you're thinking isn't you. It's just, right. just thoughts and you can change that. And that just goes to show that it isn't you because if you can change it. It's not really who you are. It's not your identity. But um, yeah, Devin LeVake, David Gattins, uh Joe Rinaldi, um, Nick Bear. I have a ton. A lot of guys. Like <laughs> you keep listing them, right? Yeah, I, got, I have a bunch. I, I really do. But yeah. Do we have any more questions in the comments? We'll keep this open for a hot second while I summarize pretty much what we talked about today. We talked about commitment and how it's important to really write down your goals and stay true to them and motivation and to stick to that routine. It's all about consistency over perfection. And I absolutely adored what you said about the action board. I have a vision board over on my wall over here, but I'm going to start calling it an action board from now on. I love that. And we also talked about self-talk and how it's important to talk in that third person and really be that flyer in the wall. It's like you said just a few seconds ago to check your ego, that yeah. if you give that third person, it helps you check your ego and helps you look at yourself from that fly on the wall perspective. Yeah. And we also talked about perspective and how our minds create our own reality. And we need to really work on that and be reading and looking up to the people that we aspire to be because they are going to help you find that third door as James was talking about from that book, that yeah. there is always another way. You just have to look at that mindset. You have to look at that perspective and check your ego and really sit down with yourself and figure out what you want to be disciplined in and what you want to achieve because you can achieve anything you put your mind to. 100%. And um, we have on here uh, your Instagram, James, is it underscore James Boria, correct? Yep. Okay, I want to make sure I was saying that correctly. And he also has a website, so go check that out and sign up for the newsletter. Uh, this is the second episode of the live series of She Is Talking that will be saved on IGTV. There you can find new episodes every week. We'll be having guests and discussing topics such as confidence, self-love journeys, and how to become the best version of yourself. All right, James, do you have a, any last words, any last pieces of advice that you would like to give everyone? 
<laughs> yeah, I do have one. Um, and really, it's just, I, I, I know a lot of the stuff that I put out there is pretty serious. And it's very, you know, it's insightful. And my schedule looks very disciplined and things like that in the bear crawl. And it seems like I'm an intense guy. And we have it all figured out, right? And I'm sure a lot of people look to you and that you have it all figured out. But to anyone really who wants to go down this avenue and, you know, kind of put, either, whether it's pushing your body past its limits or stepping out of your comfort zone, like, and you're looking to somebody else and really comparing, like, we all really have no idea what the hell we're doing. Like, we're yeah. really figuring it out as we go. Um, so just, you just gotta do just, just get into it, just do it and don't look back. It's, I mean, it's crazy. Once I started putting myself out, out there, the stuff that's happened to me and like the stuff that I have coming in the future, never would have thought it ever would have happened. It's just, it's crazy. So, and I still don't know what I'm doing and it's, 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 it's happening. It's working. So just, just go do it and don't worry about it. I completely agree. I always talk about fake it till you make it. If you put on that face that you're confident, people are going to believe what you're saying. People are going right. to believe you walk in the room with your head held high. Like, you know what you're doing. People are going to just take it as that. Yeah. Fake it till you make it because realistically, no one has any idea what's going on. <laughs> No, we all don't. And I've talked to many people that I look up to and they all say the same thing. They're like, dude, I have no idea what I'm doing either. <laughs> and it never ends. <laughs> all right. We're going to wrap this up with a catchphrase. You ready, James? What is it again? You got it. Go get it. It's time to shake your beauty. You ready? Uh, let's go. You, you got, got it. it. Go, go get, get it. it. It's time, time to shake, shake your beauty. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you, James, for joining me. Oh, thank you. For me. I really appreciate it. Of course, we loved having your perspective on here. It was really great. I loved hearing about everything you're doing. And I'm, make sure that you follow James on Instagram, TikTok, and make sure that you follow his newsletter and his website. And we'll see you all next week on 9 p.m. on Tuesday. This is Maz, and thanks for watching She Is Talking. All right. Bye. Bye.